0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Come. He says, I perceive you're very religious. What's interesting about this word religious To be religious is to be superstitious. In other words, some people are so superstitious that they feel like they can only worship God in a certain way, in a certain place, and at a certain time. Paul says, I perceive that in all things, you are very religious. In other words, you're very superstitious. Remember the song that Stevie Wonder recorded some years ago? He recorded a song entitled Superstition, and one of the lyrics in that song said that when you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition is not the way. Superstition ain't the way because it's based on things you really don't understand. If we had a better understanding of God, if we had a revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we could be better worshipers of God. This Samaritan woman didn't have that revelation. She didn't know. At first, she was talking to the very Messiah himself. She went on to tell Jesus, we know that the Messiah will come. Jesus said, you are speaking to him right here, right now. And to worship God, my father... You must worship him in spirit and in truth. It can't be based on superstition of historical things that your fathers did because your fathers also incorporated idolatry in the worship of God. That's what the Samaritans did. That's what the Samaritans did. Even though they claimed Jacob to be their father, they built a temple in fact, Samballat built a temple on Mount Jerusalem for the Sambalads to worship God. But what the Samaritans did, they combined idolatry with the worship of God. Then not only did they combine idolatry with it, the Samaritans did not. They did not receive the writings of the prophets. They, they received the writings of Moses. In other words, they, they embraced the first five books of the Bible, but the writings of the prophets, they would not receive that. And it was the prophets that brought the revelation of Jesus. It was the prophets that brought the revelation of God and how to worship this true God. So they do, Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. You worship in ignorance. Well, Paul came upon these men in Athens at Mars Hill, Paul says, I perceived in all things that you're very religious. Just religious. And some, folk, some Christians are like that. Just religious. Just religious. Don't have no death. Don't have no substance, no spiritual substance. They're just religious. They have all the religious language down pat. They have all the religious moves that's shaking and the quaking. They got that down. They even got, speaking in tongues down. shunda bakunda bobasaya. Just religious. Paul says religion is not the way. Then he went on to tell the men of Athens, he, he went on to tell them, he says, as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, please notice, objects, plural, There's only one object of worship, and that's Almighty God. He says, as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. It was said about Athens in Paul's day, in parallel, what is said about America in this day. In America... We have more guns than we have people. In Athens, in Paul's day, they had more idols than they had men. Did you hear what I said? They had more idols than they actually had men. So Paul said to them, As I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found this inscription. To the unknown God. Therefore the one whom you worship without knowing. Him I proclaim to you. And this is what I want to do as I stand before you. I want to proclaim to you who is the true and living God. I want to proclaim to you that many of you have been been worshiping him that you do not know. But that big lie must be expel dispel what is the big lie what is the big lie the big lie is that all religions are good and they all lead to heaven so everybody gonna no matter how you worship it's all good no matter how you believe it's all good it's all gonna lead to heaven I do not believe all religions are good. In fact, I don't believe no religion is good, even the Christian religion. I'm getting to a place right now that I loathe being called a Christian because of what that label has come to mean. Jesus never called himself a Christian. Nowadays, a Christian could be somebody who goes into a church and murder nine innocent people. And what did that person do after they were arrested? If they took him to Burger King, the person had time to sketch a picture of his Jesus. Called himself a Christian. And he sketched a picture of a European looking Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you, that's what religion tells you. Religion been lying to you. Jesus was not European. Don't get mad at me. But Jesus had drops of black blood in his vein. And I can prove that scripturally. Hello, somebody. He was from the tribe of Judah. Judah married a Canaanite. And a Canaanite was a black man. That means Jesus had black blood in his body. Bathsheba was black. David knew black was beautiful. How many hear what I'm saying? Huh? But so many people call themselves Christian. What does that mean? Everybody's a Christian. Mass murderers, Christians. Racists. White supremacists. They're all Christians. Why can't we be what Jesus was and is? He didn't call himself a Christian. He followed the voice of his father. Why can't we follow Jesus? Why can't we allow Jesus to be in us as he is in the Father and just be Christ followers? And when you say you're Christ followers, then you will know that tree by the fruit it bears. Some folks are saying all oh, religions are good. They all lead to heaven, different paths, but they all lead to God. That's not what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. She says, Our fathers worship God in this mountain. But you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place you worship. Jesus didn't, He didn't mince His words. He told the woman, you worship what you do not know. There's only one way to worship because there's only one God. We Jews know what we worship. He told the woman, You're wrong. You're ignorant. Then Jesus said himself, John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. So we have to dispel that big lie. The Athenians, the men of Athens were living a big lie. They worshiped. An unknown God. But Paul says, I'm here to tell you that the God you worship, I'm here to declare him unto you. Now, two things about the men of Athens. Number one, they believed in the existence of God. Number one. This altar with an inscription written on it to the unknown God proved they believed in the existence of God. But number two, they were ignorant of that God. They called him an unknown God. And why was he unknown to them? They didn't have access. They didn't have access to God as revealed by the word of God. And the truth be told, if you don't have no truth of God, then you cannot truly worship God. He'll always be the unknown God to you. He'll always be the man upstairs. He'll always be that greater power. He'll always be some force in the universe. And you know better than those in Athens that told Paul, we worship God, but he's an unknown God. But Paul says, I want to declare unto you that the God who you worship, who he is. God wants us to know who he is. And he's God wherever we are. He's God here in church. He's God outside of church. where we are, he's still God. He is the true God. The true God. He is our creator, our redeemer. He is our king. And he does not dwell in temples built with hands. We gotta get that revelation. He does not dwell in temples built with hands. God is in our midst because he came in when you came in. He lives in your heart. He doesn't dwell in temples built with hands. And if you feel like you have to be in charge to worship God, you worship what you do not know. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1. The Lord spoke to Isaiah and says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where's the house? You shall build me. Where's the place of my rest? There is no house big enough to contain God. There is none. So in ignorance, we worship and we call it worship. Worship. But is it really worship if God is not the object of that worship? But just like the men in Athens, Paul declared to them who God really was. He says, God who made the world and everything in it, says he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor does he worship with man's hands as though he needed anything since it gives to to all life, breath, and all things. But we worship in ignorance. We worship what we do not know. And here's some of the ways we worship in ignorance. We worship in ignorance because we're worshiping the legacy. We're worshiping the legacy of a particular church or denomination. You're worshiping their legacy because that's where your parents went to church. That's where their parents went to church. And your great-grandparents also went to that church. So you're worshiping the legacy rather than worshiping God. And it's unthinkable to you to understand worship any other way other than worshiping through the way your mama, your daddy, your grandfather and grandmother and your grandparents worship, so are you worshiping God or are you worshiping the legacy? You, th- you know, cold, dead church. And you ought to be removed from the congregation of dead. The Bible says, proverb says, only the person who lacks understanding remains in the congregation of the dead. But you remain in the congregation of the dead because of Legacy. And you're worshiping that legacy. Then many times we're worshiping the build the church building itself. Because we've donated so much money for that church. Our parents donated money. And we were continuing donating money to the building fund. And and so that's my church, that's where I worship. Are you really worshiping God or are you worshiping the building? Are you worshiping the stained glass windows and the cushioned pews? What are you really worshiping? Is God the real object of your worship? You know better than the woman at the well. She did not know what she was really worshiping. The men of Athens, they didn't know what they were worshiping. But Paul says, I'm gonna declare him unto you. Then many people worship the preacher. That's what they do. They worship the preacher. And if that preacher ain't preaching, they don't want to come to church. And that ought to be your prima facie evidence that you were never worshiping God in the first place. If if, if preacher so-and-so ain't preaching today, then I don't feel like going. That's because preacher so-and-so is the object of your worship and not God himself. Some people worship the preacher so much, you'll be in a conversation with them. And they say, oh, my pastor preached today. Oh, child, you should have been there. He got down. He preached. Well, what did he preach about? Honey, I don't know, but it sure was good. The preacher was the object of your worship. You worship what you do not know. And some folks worship the choir. They worship the choir. I grew up in a very large church. And one of the reasons our church grew exponentially was not the preaching and the teaching. We have probably the best choir in our town. And people bragged about our choir. They boasted about this choir. And they came to hear the choir. And the choir built that church up in numbers. So I would question in retrospect, were they really worshiping God, or were they worshiping the choir? They worship what they do not know. Then some folks just want to worship the music. The music. Some folks don't want to go to a church that doesn't have musicians. Like God ain't at that church. Like Like God would only manifest some church with musicians. Oh, I love musicians. It's always been my desire to have a lot of musicians in the church. That's been my vision and my desire from day one to have a lot of musicians in the church. But there were times in my church history where we didn't have a musician. All we had was a tambourine. And we worshiped God and God would manifest himself. You can feel the glory of God, his presence in that service. And there wasn't a hammer and organ. There wasn't an electric keyboard. There wasn't the sympatical beat of the drums. There wasn't those deep bass notes or the sweet rhythms of a guitar that wasn't the sounds of a horn, but yet God was there. Sometimes all people had was a tambourine and the clapping of their hands and God would manifest himself because God inhabits the praises of his people. So many times we worship what we do not know. It's like when, when one or two musicians are absent in the service. It's like we can't really get in that service like we didn't really get in that service. We can't get our worship on because all the musicians ain't here. That's because the music has been the object of your worship. You worship what you do not know. You worship what you do not know. Then some churches who think they got the revelation, and they don't want to hear this, but the truth is they worship their worship. Let me say it again. They worship their worship. They think they got it down pat, the pattern of the tabernacle. They understand praise and worship. They understand all the principles of worship. And so what they do, they worship an in infinim. They worship for hours. They worship for hours. Then when it's time for the word of God, sometimes you may not get 15 minutes of good word. Because all they've been doing is worshiping. And I'm telling you, they're worshiping their worship. You don't worship your worship, you worship God. You keep God in the center. You don't have to have a praise and worship service for an hour or an or or hour and a half just to say, didn't we worship God? No, 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 no. God is God all by himself. God is the one who determines how long praise and worship goes. God is the one who determines the quality of a worship. Not we. So we're no better than the men of Athens. We're no better than them. We're worshiping an unknown God. We know God exists, but is God the object of our worship? Paul says, I'm here to declare unto you, you men of Athens. I'm here to declare him unto you and whom you know because you don't know him. You've been worshiping what you do not know. Paul said, the God that you worship he is the God that made the world and everything in it he is the Lord of heaven and earth the sea and everything therein. him is he's not a God who dwell in temples made with hands nor does he need the hands of man to worship for anything God doesn't need the efforts of man for worship God only needs your heart then he went on to say We are God's offspring. The very God you don't know, we are his offspring. And as even some of your own poets have said, in him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. This is the God we worship. He is our creator, our redeemer, and our king. You worship what you do not know. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge. And because you rejected knowledge. I will reject you. My people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge. And because of a lack of knowledge. You rejected true worship. You rejected true worship. Of the true God. You see knowledge of God. Is having knowledge of the truth. Because God is truth. So Paul said, you men are just very religious. You have all kind of objects of worship. You're worshiping an unknown God. But I want to declare to you that the God you worship without knowing, I proclaim to you, he is the one who made the world you live in and everything in that world. He is the one who's Lord over the heavens, Lord over the Earth, the sea and everything there in him is. He's not a God who dwell in a temple, made with hands. nor does he need the worship of man's hands as if he needed anything from man. He's God all by himself. We are His offspring, and we in him we live. And in him we move. And in him we have our being. We worship what we do not know. When you walk by faith and not by sight, worship should be the most natural response when you're facing any circumstance. Father, I thank you, I praise you, I worship you, I thank you that you're still God. This is the worship God is seeking. He is seeking such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So in closing, in closing, true worship is the expression of reverence to God for who he is. The Samaritan woman didn't have that revelation. The men of Athens didn't have that revelation. True worship is more than the music and the songs we sing. It is deeper than a good feeling in your soul. It isn't confined to a certain place that happens at a certain time. Worship is not just what we do. Worship is who we are. We are his offspring. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. And for that we worship him for who he is. Glory to God. So what am I saying? Beloved, we need to lose our religion and find true faith. Lose religion because religion will blind you and you will worship what you do not know. Worship the father in spirit and in truth. Worship what you know and who you know. Worship God for who he is. Father, thank you. Thank you for the revelation of worship. Thank you for the revelation that first begins with understanding who you are. You are our God. You're the God who made this world and everything in it. You are Lord over the heavens, the earth, the sea, everything there in the midst. You're not a God that can be fine to Dwelling in temples made by hands. Nor need do you need the efforts of man for worship. As if you needed something from man. It's a privilege to worship you. It's a high calling to worship you. And whether we worship you or not, you're still God. We thank you that we are your people. You are our God. We're your offspring. In you we live. In you we move. In you we have our being. And we know you're seeking such to worship you. Whether we're in the church house or in our private homes. No matter where we are, we can worship you because you're God. We worship you in spirit and in truth. You've given us spirits. Spirits our human spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word we can worship you in spirit and in truth thank you Father help us to worship what we do know help us not to worship in ignorance and darkness in Jesus name Amen God bless you God loves you Worship God wherever you are. If you haven't made your peace with Jesus Christ, that's what's needful and necessary to be in right standing with the Father. The Father will be well pleased with your life when you make it right with the one who sacrificed his life on Calvary's cross for you. Jesus died for you. And if you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved you know what with the heart you believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what you've ever done in your past doesn't matter how dark and vile your past may have been because the promise is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that's you beloved that's you God wants to save you And then he's seeking you to worship him. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. Glory to God. And remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is. And faith works by love. God is love. And that love is activated, it's energized. So we can all walk by faith and not by sight. And we can all have faith in God. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www agapeword.net 1430 South New Hope Road Agape Word Fellowship